0: And I do invite you to take out your Bibles opening to the book of Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Our uh, previous weeks have focused upon some of the songs of Christmas and, and we've gone through those and this morning I want us to look at the, the uh, in Matthew chapter 2, that familiar account of the, the coming of the magi as they come to seek the newborn Christ. They come to seek uh, him and to bring him the worship that he's worthy of and we're going to sing a song that. that that walks us through the narrative of the Magi. We three kings of Orient are. And we're going to sing that in just a moment. And and while we're on the topic of singing, uh, I hope you've come ready, because this morning we got a lot of singing we're going to do. Uh, It's just throughout the morning, we're devoting a a good chunk of our day uh, to singing the praises of our king and his birth and his wonder and his majesty. So uh, use even this opening song to prepare your heart to worship the Lord appropriately. Matthew chapter 2, let's look together beginning at verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. It's a simple story we read here from Matthew chapter two. The wise men come from a distant country, it's a long journey, they're not exactly sure where the Messiah is to be born, what city. So they go, and they they think of King Herod. Well, he's a Jew. Uh, Surely he would have interest in where the king of the Jews, the the long-awaited promised Messiah to the Jews, surely he would have interest and know where this Christ was born. Of course, we learn from the narrative that Herod's only interest in Christ is protecting his own rule against Christ. Uh, and, And that's where we see that Herod issues the proclamation that all children two years and younger, all boys, will be murdered, will be be killed. He he wants this Christ out of the picture. But God will, by an angel, warn Joseph to take Mary and uh, Jesus to Egypt to to flee, to get away from Herod's proclamation. But what I want us to notice, that really the, the majesty of the story of the Magi is that the three kings we just sang about, they're pagans. (laughs) These are not Christian men. These aren't Jews. These are pagans. And I want us to contrast this morning the difference, two different ways to receive the news of Christ's birth, the news of the promised Messiah arrival, either like Herod and the Jews or like these three pagans. And this is, again, kind of the mystery of the gospel. You would expect Herod and the Jews to respond to the king of the Jews one way and the pagans another. But what we have here is a reversal of what's expected. How did Herod and the Jews respond? Well, we go to John chapter 1. What does John tell us? That Christ came to his own, to his own people, to the Jews, but those who were his own did not receive him. They rejected him. Contrast that response of the Jews and Herod himself with the wise men. How strange this is that these These pagan men, astrologer, some religious background, through some methodology determine the birth of Christ, and they are interested in Christ. They're interested in seeing him. And when they actually do see the child, chapter 2, verse 11 tells us, they fell down to the ground and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They presented extremely costly gifts to the newborn Christ. What a contrast we see here. The Jews, God had promised to them all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, right? The coming of a seed of the woman, one who would crush the head of the seed of the serpent. And then God had continued to reaffirm that promise through the covenants he made with Abraham, with Noah, with David. In the Old Testament narratives, we're coming to see that all of those are about the coming Messiah, David and Goliath, right? We've recently talked about. That's a picture of Christ. David is a a picture of Christ coming to kill our Goliath. You have the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah. You had the, the Psalms, all of which speak of Christ. They had everything. They, of all people, should have been ready to receive the Messiah, and instead they reject him. But these pagans, these pagans who did not have these things, they come and worship Christ. This morning, we have these two options before us as we gather to worship Christ. These two options, they're, always, they're before us every day when we wake up in our quiet time. They're before us every Lord's Day when we gather. They're before us this morning as we turn our hearts to the Lord in prayer. We can be like Herod, who we use the Bible but only to avoid Christ. We use the Bible, but just to avoid Christ, to avoid his rule. What did Herod do? He went to the chief priests. He wanted them to open the scrolls, open the scripture. What does it tell us? Where will the Christ be born? Does he want Christ? No. He wants Christ dead. And likewise, the Pharisees used the scriptures the same way. The scriptures speak of Christ. They tell us Christ. They help us to behold Christ, but the Pharisees used it to reject Christ. They used it as an outline of how to live, a laws: do this, don't do that. They didn't need a Christ as long as they obeyed the laws. That was their mentality. And the danger is we can use the Scripture the same way. We can use this Magi Scripture we we just read about and make it all about us and what we should do as opposed to what this text reveals us about Christ. Or we can use the Bible to stir our hearts to Christ to stir our hearts, to, to come to him, to fall down at, on our knees before him and to worship him, the king of heaven and earth. I do think verse 11 is a wonderful description for prayer this morning as we turn our hearts to prayer. As we seek the Lord this morning, we come to see Christ. We, what does verse 11 say? We fall to the ground. We worship him. We open up our lives. We offer our treasures up to him. Not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We offer ourselves to him. Lord, we want you. We desire you. We hunger and thirst for you. We offer ourselves to you. You are worthy. Don't let me waste my life. Christ is all. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I count all things as loss that I may know you, Christ, and the power of the resurrection. That's what prayer is. We come to know him.